Hi, welcome back to Cycling Talk Podcast with me, Georgia Mahoney. This week, I'm really excited to welcome back one of my first podcast guests, Ian Field. After years of racing cyclocross, Ian set up Veld Coaching last year, running this alongside racing the 2021 cross season for Team Spectra. Ian has joined me to talk about his season so far and to give some amazing advice on training, racing, fueling and resting. Make sure to follow at Veld Coaching on Instagram to find out more about Ian's coaching. And you can also follow the team by searching for at Spectra Racing. And of course you can follow the podcast on Instagram at cycling.talk.podcast. You can find all episodes of my podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, my Buzz Sprout website, and all the usual podcast places. So Ian, you were one of my first ever guests on the podcast way back in July 2020, and you've done so much to help me since then with lockdown challenges and advice on riding and racing. Today, I would like to talk to you more about this and how to ride during the winter. But first, let's talk about your 2021 cross season so far. So round one at Derby with your new team, Spectra. Tell me about joining that team and your preparation for the cross season. Um, Yeah, so um, Team Spectra was kind of born out of the CX Syndicate, which I only did one race for in the end, which was Milne Thorpe in the... 2020 season and had one round of the nationals and um yeah it's a team to kind of develop younger cross riders in the uk and to give them experiences um abroad racing and also do some of the national trophy rounds and i'm kind of part of it to kind of help give the team a bit of exposure from yeah obviously got years of uh, racing behind me quite a few followers etc and uh, as it turns out I can still ride a bike half decent um, so yeah I'm really enjoying riding for them um, I don't have as much time um, as, as I used to to train and race and go abroad and, and do all the big races still but um, yeah I'm still making the most of my time really and uh, yeah I'm enjoying yeah racing races differently like I used to do national trophies and the only result I wanted was was a win and anything less was a massive disappointment really so um, now I'm kind of yeah racing tactically and trying to get like the best result possible which mm. which is kind of a different mindset um, but I'm enjoying my racing I'm enjoying riding my bike at the moment so uh, I've always said as long as I'm enjoying it then I'll continue to race and and ride my bike so uh, yeah kicked my season off at Derby and to be honest, I had no idea how I was going to get on. I didn't know whether I was going to come first, last or somewhere in the middle. Um, I, yeah, you obviously know kind of your numbers um, from in training. And unfortunately for me, I know how much training I've done in the past. And so um, now I know I'm nowhere near that really. Um, but uh, it's been a challenge making the most of my time and, it's been quite good because a lot of my clients um, are either at college, at uni, got full-time jobs. And so, yeah, I'm in the same boat as them, really, making making the most of the time available. And 
yeah, I was lacking a bit of confidence going into that race and kind of on the Thursday before, um, I've done the same session before the same, before the first race of the season for the last probably 10 years. And uh, I actually did some decent numbers in the set of intervals and got a little bit of confidence from that, but then I didn't know whether that was um, all I had for eight minutes um, and when the race was going to fall apart after that. But as it turned out, the, the legs were, were good and I raced tactically really well at Derby, such a fast course that you could kind of sit on the wheels and, and save a lot of energy um, and I ended up getting on the podium there. So, yeah, a really, really pleasing start to, to start to the season. And did it feel good to be back racing after not having a full season the previous year? Yeah, it was strange. Like, obviously, we didn't really get a cross season, and I only did um, one race in 2020 on the cross bike. Um, so it felt like a long time since I'd, yeah, raced on skinny tyres and, and dropped bars, really. Um, I didn't really do much racing in, in the summer of 2021 either. I did one pairs mountain bike race, and then I was meant to do the tour series, but um, I got ill uh, just before that started. So yeah, I ended up not doing much racing at all, but I think I've been fairly lucky in a way um, that I've always been able to train myself really quite high level um, and I was able to do the same um, this year. So, uh, no, it was good. Round two was in Westmoreland and this venue was also used for a test event in 2020, which we've already spoken about, with COVID restrictions in place. How did the two events compare? Um, to be honest, the 2020 round, I was just happy to be out doing something that felt fairly normal. Um, after being kind of uh, locked down for so much of 2020, it was nice just to feel that kind of atmosphere. Uh, race again, unfortunately, we couldn't have high spectators and stuff. So it was kind of just there on your own almost doing it, which was a bit strange um it didn't feel quite normal and then we had the whole no outside assistance in the pits etc which made it a bit a bit strange but um it was still a really good event and yeah as I say it was nice just to just to get out pin a number on and, and race around for an hour um but that said it was really nice this year to have support at the race and and just have a normal event and and not feel almost weird about it and uh it's a great course there um this year it turned out in our race to just be like one of the fastest races i've ever done i think they they set the course up for the the normal kind of slippy muddy conditions and and we ended up by yeah three o'clock on the sunday it was so fast um nowhere really to recover it was just uh one feature into the next which yeah, I don't particularly like the super fast races. I much prefer the muddy conditions. Um, so um, I was on the back foot a little bit. Um, and yeah, didn't ride my best race. I tried to tried to play at Canny and, and sit at the back of the group and try and um, get a result near the end sort of thing in the in the final few laps, but uh, didn't quite have, have the legs for it and, and ended up sixth, which is a bit frustrating, a bit annoying. Because like I said, I just want to get the best result possible. And I felt that wasn't quite the best result um, I could have got on the day. Uh, I definitely couldn't have won that day. Um, but I feel like I could have been third or fourth kind of thing. Um, and as it happened, I ended up sixth. So, uh, yeah, went away, <laughs> jumped on the turbo that week and uh, got a bit of anger out. And, uh, yeah, kind of just moved on from it, really. It's 
I've done so many races now that, yeah, I don't dwell on it too much. We had a three-week gap between round one and round two. What sort of riding and training did you do in between these national trophy rounds? Uh, between the first couple of rounds, I was fairly happy with um, with what I had at Derby, really. So I like to describe it as kind of spinning plates. So you have uh, like your technical skills on one plate, your aerobic fitness on another plate, and then kind of your anaerobic, um, short, sharp efforts on another plate. And it's just all about keeping them spinning a little bit. So, uh, yeah, I touched on everything a little bit, um, kind of kick things off because, yeah, I'd done a lot of hard, short efforts into into Derby. So probably um, the first week after Derby definitely took a couple of days off. Um, Monday, Tuesday, I took off, didn't ride. And then I just did a couple of couple of steady rides, just two hours um, endurance and then would have done a harder session as the third day um, within that block. Um, then a couple of days off um, and then probably did another three-day block where you probably do hardest efforts on the first day and then a bit of strength work, technical skills on uh, the middle day and then a bit of endurance. But yeah, I don't have time for massive long rides anymore. So my endurance rides are more two, maybe squeezing in three hours um, on the third day um I, I don't tend to ride at weekends anymore i tend to spend them with family um so i try and cram in my training in the week and mm. uh yeah kind of as i say keep those plates spinning um up to up to milnthorpe which um yeah wasn't quite what i expected um i, I was kind of prepared but doing a bit of strength work on the bike and kind of low cadence efforts expecting a bit of mud and uh, we got the complete opposite i would have been better off doing uh, high cadence uh, work for three weeks so um things don't always work out the way you thought and that's the that's the beauty in the beast of cross you don't know what you're going to get you might know what the course is like but the weather can completely change a course which uh yeah what i love about cross sometimes so you said you don't do much riding at the weekends do you sort of use that as a rest period and do you think that rest is really important as part of your sort of training program yeah definitely i think training is all about overload and then recovering um so putting strain and stress on your body um but there's no point doing that unless you're going to recover from it so yeah i tend to find that um monday i don't don't normally do any sort of training um tuesday depending if i've raced at the weekend uh, i might do 90 minutes steady or something like that and then tend to find i'll do Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, um, hard. Um, and then by the time we get to get to Saturday, I'm normally feeling quite tired. And, and so normally have a day off and, uh, yeah, do life things like uh, food shopping and jobs around the house and, and such like and catching up with friends and family. And then come Sunday, um, normally now we've got a dog, so a long dog walk in the morning um, and then... Maybe late in the afternoon, if if uh, there isn't any cross on the TV or, or such like, I'll do a turbo session or, or nip out for kind of 90 minutes on the bike. 
um, if the weather's good <laughs> um, and then start the process again, really with Monday, Monday off. And then if I haven't raced that weekend, then I can train from the Tuesday onwards. Um, but yeah, it's super important um, to get enough recovery after you've done a good block of training and yeah, sleep is <clears throat> yeah, absolutely key. Um, I really notice a big difference now with, with working um, like having to be up, a certain time as opposed to when you're professional you can kind of just get out when you wake up and uh, go out training because you've got all the time in the world but uh, yeah if you've got a meeting at nine o'clock you've got to be up and ready for that and uh, on zoom and and what have you so um, yeah it's catching up on sleep when you can so the weekends are a good time to do that have a little afternoon nap on the sofa with the cycling on the tv perhaps Um, but yeah recovery is absolutely critical because yeah without it there's almost no point doing the training there are a couple of weeks between the westmoreland round and the round in falkirk so the one in falkirk was a new venue what did you think of the course i thought it was really good actually um so i used to coach a guy that ran uh, the scottish race um at the same venue and he always banged on about how good the venue was and uh, I never get a chance to to go up there to do the Scottish round um, of their their series. Um, so it was nice to finally go to the venue and, and get to race on it. I'd heard good things and it turned out to be a really hard but um, good course, which thankfully made the journey worth it. Um, it was an awfully long way from uh, from basically Folkestone in, in Kent. Uh, a lot closer to France than uh, Falkirk for me um so yeah it was it was nice to get there and and race on a on a proper course um and it was challenging both physically and technically um so no I thought it was a great venue um decent parking a bit of a long walk to the pits for for the pit crews but um apart from that I thought it was really good and the conditions were were nice they were not overly muddy um in fact by the time we raced it was actually pretty dry and fast um but no i thought the course was good and uh yeah certainly worthy of a, of a national trophy and i know you punctured during the race but you were still able to finish second overall and you're now tied on points for the series lead are you happy with how your season's going so far yeah, definitely. Um, managed to salvage um, second at Falkirk, which, uh, as you say, put me on joint points for the yellow jersey, which um, I didn't really have any expectations coming into the season, weirdly enough. Like normally you're setting goals and, and working towards those goals and really, uh, you know, very much what you're expecting from each race. But no, I kind of went into this season with no real expectations which is nice in one way but um in the same way you can almost lose focus a little bit if you don't have something to aim for um so definitely after the first round I was like well it was nice to get on the podium I'd like to get on the podium more and I guess when you're consistently on the podium suddenly the yellow um starts to starts to play a part as long as the same person isn't weak winning week in week out then you're going to be in the mix for it so uh no super super happy with how things are going and uh yeah the next round up in uh, Sunderland another long trip north um so we'll see what that brings um 
I've had a week off since Falkirk uh, went on holiday, so uh, just trying to find my legs again this week, which is uh, always horrible because you think you've lost all your fitness, but uh, it's just feelings. So hopefully um, I'll, I'll get the good feelings back in my legs before before Sunderland. We've got a little while before Sunderland. So uh, yeah, get some little blocks of training done and uh, make, make the travel north and, and see what we can do up there because uh, yeah, um, Corrin's beat me two rounds out of the three now. Um, I got the better of him at Derby. So, yeah, we'll, we'll see what plays out um, at the next round. I know he's been abroad um, at Overizer and Koppenberg. And then I think he's got the European champs this weekend. So, yeah, we'll see how he does at them. Um, hopefully he comes back with really tired legs and uh, <laughs> I can have a good Sunderland. <laughs> So we're in Devon, so it was a long way to travel for us. How did you deal with all of the travelling? Um, I think the travelling something you kind of um, get used to as you get older and you kind of work out what works for you and maybe what doesn't work. Um, a while ago, I realised that trying to do all the travelling the day before the race is just just too much for me. Like um, Normally I do most of the driving myself, but um, for Falkirk luckily um, I had a friend um, help me out with the driving which was good but we had an absolute shocker on the Friday with um, a diesel spill on the M25 so um, I'd already split the journey up kind of in half um, so on the Friday we had to get from Kent to Castleford near Leeds so it shouldn't have been um, too long a journey um, it should have been around four four and a half hours but it took us nine in the end but the beauty of it being on a Friday is you haven't got that feeling because I race on a Sunday of being rushed, um, feeling like you've got to get somewhere, you've got to eat, you've got to get to bed. Um, so it's nice and relaxed on a Friday because it's kind of like I'll get there when I get there, um, which left us four hours to do um, Saturday morning. So we just got up, had breakfast, set off and the journey on the Saturday was much better. Um I like to, once I arrive on the Saturday, um, go for a ride. So did 90 minutes um, kind of where we were staying. And it turns out to be really hilly in Scotland. And uh, yeah, I just use uh, Strava to create a route um, based on where all the locals ride. They obviously like riding up and down hills. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, 90 minutes, a uh, couple of efforts to to open up for the Sunday. I normally do kind of 20 minute warm up and then 10 minutes kind of tempo like fairly hard but not certainly not all out um and then a couple of 20 second sprints near the end of the ride and then roll back to the hotel and and get my feet up and and eat a load of pasta in the evening ready for the ready for the sunday so what i'd say i think it's just all about preparation and yeah kind of thinking ahead um having little snacks with you so you're never getting too hungry uh keep drinking um if you can stop regularly uh, just stretch your legs and uh, get moving around and yeah good company helps uh, playing games um the registration plate game and and what have you i spy and all that so uh soon soon makes the time go faster what's your advice pre and post race on food and drink so before the race, I would say you need to be eating kind of two to three hours before your race um, and having kind of a proper um, amount of food, really. So um, I normally have two cans of rice pudding 
um, just because I get really nervous and I still get really nervous and uh, I don't really like eating. Um, I normally feel pretty sick. Um, as a youth rider, I always used to throw up before a race, which isn't ideal. Um, and so now I just kind of eat rice pudding because it's really easy to... <laughs> easy just to get down you and, and digest really easily because yeah, it's almost like baby food um and then keep hydrating and yeah if you've eaten enough kind of two to three hours before the race you shouldn't really need to eat too much after that because you don't want to spike your blood sugar levels again near the race um if you eat too close to the race your body tries to bring your blood sugar levels down and then you start exercising and that brings them down more and you can see kind of a dip in performance after 20 minutes if you've eaten too close to the event. Um, I do normally after my warm up have uh, have an energy gel just to make sure I've got uh, plenty of sugars in my system after kind of pre ride and, and the warm up. You will have used some sugars for that. So uh, just top them up with a gel. I normally have a caffeine gel um, just to give me a little boost and. Uh, that's that's all I have kind of um, before the race, really uh, racing at three o'clock in the afternoon. That means I can also have breakfast at nine in the morning, approximately half eight, nine. And then the pre-race meal uh, kind of half 11, 12 o'clock. Um, and then because I'm racing at like half two, three, um, just keep drinking. I have mainly just water or like hydration tablets. So zero calories, zero sugar kind of um hydration things in my bottles um and that's fairly that's it really um after the race um in an ideal world you'd have probably a protein carb um shake 20 minutes after the race uh, just because there's a real window of opportunity where your body really wants to take on um the nutrients from food and the energy from it so uh yeah in an ideal world 20 minutes after your race you'd have a have a kind of meal replacement and then yeah whenever you can eat on the way home really um so i normally finish the race at four would have a shake and that probably half four hopefully after the podium and then uh, set off on the drive and just gradually snack on stuff and then when when you can stop and, and get dinner like half six seven o'clock have a proper meal um and then yeah that's about it really you don't need too many calories too many carbs for a cross race because it's fairly short so if you've eaten eaten well in leading up to a race then we shouldn't have the horrible bonk situation um should have plenty of sugar stored in your muscles uh, ready to go does it matter what meal you have on the way home i mean after um i definitely had a double whopper from uh, burger king so to a certain extent no like if that's your one treat of the week or whatever like it's really hard to get something super healthy on the way back from a race. Um, I had a joke with Josie Nelson because I was sat eating my big, um, my double whopper and uh, she was at the KFC counter and I text her saying uh, no takeaways on the way home and she couldn't see where I was sat. Um, so that was quite funny. Um, but you yeah you can just kind of pick up what you want i know kfc used to do like rice boxes that were quite healthy or they do wraps which yeah is kind of the healthier option probably from a service station or something like that but unless you're super well prepared like and having a meal like made up then i think it's more just about not going hungry after a race um and kind of delaying it 
adaptations from actually doing the race and just putting in some some simple sugars into your body when it's craving simple sugars is is never a bad thing so i wouldn't worry too much about that that meal after the race just uh as i say your body is craving sugars and and a hit of protein so uh yeah give it what it wants and uh yeah i wouldn't worry wouldn't worry too much about that meal on the way home so looking ahead there are three more rounds of the national trophy in Sunderland, Gravesend and Skipton. What are your hopes for these events? Um, to be honest, I still haven't really uh, thought about what an overall goal would be. Um, I think stick to my original plan of, yeah, trying to get on the podium at the races and almost to a certain extent where that gets me overall, that's where it gets me overall sort of thing. So we can drop around um, this year. So hopefully those final three rounds I won't drop lower than sixth um, because then I can drop that one and obviously uh, and move my points up slightly um, so yeah I don't really know what Sunderland's going to be like and I don't particularly know what Skipton's going to be like either um, so yeah only really banking on uh, Cycler Park because that's near me I know what know what that's going to be like so um doesn't particularly suit me because it can be super super fast so hoping for a bit of rain there and turning it into a bit a bit more of a technical challenge around there um but yeah we'll see we'll see um it's kind of it's hard predicting and hard setting goals um right now because i don't know how my prep's gonna go down to the down to the t if you know what i mean so years gone past i would have set a training plan and stuck to it religiously and I would have known almost exactly how how things were going to go but um, right now yeah things can uh, change week to week for me uh, with work so uh, some days I have all good intentions to go training and then all of a sudden something will crop up and I'll, I'll need to make someone a plan and uh, yeah so I'm stuck behind the laptop uh, for longer than I want to be but um, that's life and uh, I enjoy the coaching and I love what I'm doing so uh, yeah i can't can't complain and obviously there's the national champs in january in crawley and i know that you've ridden there a few times before what do you like about the course and what are your hopes for that um crawley can be really tough so i think we've had some real muddy ones uh the past couple of times we've ridden there so i guess the thing i like about the course is nine times out of ten the strongest person is going to win the bike race which is how i like it um you have to be technically good around there um in the deep mud just because yeah it's not super technical but it can get really tricky in the deep mud to control the bike and kind of keep it in a straight line and and heading where you want to head on your bike really um and there's a little bit of running normally um which i think is good for cross um so yeah, I think it produces yeah a proper winner on the day, and that's that's all we can really ask for for a national champs course. Really, no, no kind of as hard as it is in cross to get a lucky winner, but you want a you want a deserving winner, and uh, strongest will come to the fore at that race. So I quite enjoy that aspect to it. Um, it's not not too tactical around there. Um, normally, just kind of fighting your own demons around there, really, and uh, fighting your own bike. Uh, around there to get to the finish as fast as possible really so no I'm looking forward to that one uh, fairly close to home so uh, yeah 
we'll, we'll see what the day produces, but obviously all the super fast um, under 23s are going to be there. So um, again, I don't really know what to expect, um, but uh, yeah, it's going to be a good race. I actually watched you race there a couple of years ago and I'm really excited to ride the course there. That's good. That's good. Mm-hmm. It's uh, it's a tough one. Um, your pit crew is going to need to be, uh, yeah, getting ready to uh, get dirty. And uh, yeah, it's a really tough course. It's uh, no hiding, but um, it's enjoyable afterwards when uh, when you've conquered it. So I've never been coached but I know that a lot of young people have coaches and training plans. You set up Veld Coaching last year. What would your advice be to me and other young riders? I would say to keep things enjoyable and do what you love, have fun on your bike. And yeah, don't really, don't really think about it as, as training, um, just see it as going for a bike ride and uh, if you want to sprint to the top of the hill sprint to the top of the hill and uh, if you get to the top of the hill and you want to carry on sprinting carry on sprinting and uh, yeah I wouldn't overthink things too much Um, I would keep it fun if you want to go on the turbo and go on Zwift and and do a do a training session um, from from Zwift then yeah do it if you enjoy it get get a few friends on there make a little group and uh, click on stick together so no one gets dropped and uh, you can just have yeah an enjoyable 45 minutes on the turbo and there's something satisfying about doing some sprints on your bike so um, yeah never feel I think at such a young age um, never feel pressure that you have to go training or you have to get on the turbo Um, if you want to get on the turbo that's absolutely fine if you want to go for a bike ride if you want to go for a run um, that's absolutely fine and yeah keep things fresh um i think the key at a young age is do lots of different sports um because that'll make you a better sports person in the future um i think we can see uh from remco even a pole he played football right up until he was 17 18 years old to a really high level um like kind of semi-professional was going to turn professional and then it turned out he was really good on a bike so um yeah i think keeping things fresh, mixing things up, um, making yourself kind of a solid, well-rounded athlete before you, before you choose a discipline as such, like even if that's choosing cycling or choosing cyclocross, it's really good to mix things up with your road racing, your, your cross country running at school, whatever it might be. Um, and just, yeah, don't get too drawn into being too focused too early on. Um, it's really easy to yeah burn out at a, at a young age and do too much and be too focused um at the end of the day um i didn't win a national title until in cyclocross until i was uh, an elite so i didn't win as a youth i didn't win as a junior i didn't win as an under 23 um and then come elite i won five so there's there's loads of people that win at youth level win at junior level and yeah I don't know whether they burn out mentally or burn out physically, um, but they don't go on to perhaps where everyone thought they were going. So I think it's really good to to hold back slightly sometimes um, and keep the focus on kind of the bigger picture sometimes. So school is obviously really important and uh, yeah, getting a good education is 
is super important because yeah even if you turn pro and I was pro for 15 years there still comes a point where you need to fall back on your education and kind of have those um, qualifications behind you and and have a good head on your shoulders to to make the most of whatever comes next so um, that's really important Um, I stayed at school got my a-levels and so yeah it's just yeah it's life and uh, you, you never know what's going to happen. You could turn pro as a 20-year-old and, and have a really bad injury the following year and, and suddenly that dream's over and you have to get a job and you have to pay the mortgage and you have to have to support whoever's in your life kind of thing. So um, it's really, yeah, really key to, to keep the bigger picture, stay happy, enjoy what you're doing. Um, and yeah, as I say, if that, enjoyment is going for a bike ride in the rain and and sprinting up some hills then so be it and if that enjoyment is doing three hours because you enjoy riding your bike for a long time on a certain day then then go and do it but if you wake up one morning and you don't fancy going on a bike ride then yeah youth is not the time to be forcing yourself out the door because uh, there's there's plenty of times in life where uh, I had to go out for a bike ride and uh, yeah I'm glad um, as a youth rider I didn't yeah didn't force myself out and and come when I was 23 24 where it really mattered um, I still had that motivation and and that love for cycling so um, I still ride my bike now in all weathers because fundamentally I'm a cyclist and I, I enjoy riding my bike and I think some people lose that sometimes which which is really sad because they obviously got into it because they love riding a bike um, so yeah keep that love for it and keep things fresh mix things up um, go and have fun on your bike do some skids and wheelies and <laughs> learn those basic skills because let me tell you, it's a lot harder to learn them when you're older than uh, when you're a kid. You seem to have no fear when you're a kid. Um, you learn things in half the time. So, uh, yeah, definitely learn the fundamental skills. Get smooth, uh, practice all the cornering, practicing the dismount, remount, carrying your bike. Practice all that because the fitness can almost come whenever. Um, the skills definitely can't be learned whenever. So we're now in the middle of the cyclocross season. What would your tips be firstly for maintaining your fitness levels for the season? And what would your tips be for improving results for late season? Oh, good questions. <laughs> I think um, for maintaining those results through the season, um, like I said previously, it's all about keeping those plates spinning and not getting carried away with with one of those too much. So I think as a general general rule, if you're racing at the weekend, you only really need to do one one hard session in the week. So maybe that's on a Wednesday. Um, That can be on your cross bike out in the field, um, set up a little circuit and race around for a lap and then take a couple of laps easy, race around for another lap. Um, Kind of really unstructured intervals um, would be good way of doing it on your cross bike. There's nothing better than trying to do some technical s- stuff with a high heart rate. So uh, we all know it's more difficult to to stay smooth on a, on a tricky descent when when your heart rate's through the roof and, and you're breathing really hard compared to getting to the top super fresh. So yeah, do some sprints and then do some technical 
technical sections with a high heart rate is a it was a really good training session and it's fun to do as well doing your technical work and then around that just some general riding really some general zone two kind of fairly easy you should be able to talk uh, fairly comfortably hold a conversation with someone during the majority of your training really so uh, yeah if that's for 30 minutes on a tuesday and and 45 minutes on a Thursday, maybe, and then go for a spin on a on a Saturday before you race on a on a Sunday. Then uh, that should be more than enough to maintain. Um, and I think the big thing for saying upping results towards the end of the season is being consistent. So the big thing with training is being consistent and not having these really big weeks of training and not having these weeks where you don't train at all just keeping a nice, steady, consistent uh, volume of, of work week in, week out, and you get rewarded for it. Um, a lot of people will burn out towards the end of the season and get sick. Um, so don't overdo it. Stay consistent because, yeah, two consistent weeks of training is much better than a big week and then a nothing week. Um, so, yeah listen to your body i think that's that's absolutely key uh cycling across can be can be hard on your body especially when it's super muddy uh, a lot of running or kind of low cadence uh work in the, in the deep mud can can leave you feeling tired and if you get to a wednesday and you get on the turbo and and you feel tired get back off it cuz you're not going to get too much out of that session with tired legs so you're better off um kind of listening to your body and doing your intervals on a Thursday or, or whatever it might be. So uh, listen to your body. If, if you feel super tired and unmotivated to race one weekend, take it off. <laughs> Just uh, if you don't feel like racing, then uh, leave the bike in the garage for a weekend. But yeah, all the time you're enjoying it and there are races to do, then that's why we ride our bikes. We ride them to race. So uh, yeah the best form of training is racing for cyclocross so uh yeah do those races at the weekends enjoy them and uh stay healthy and consistent through and yeah you'll beat a lot of people towards the end of the season <laughs> so is it not a good idea to have a big week of training um on a non-race week so if you're not racing that weekend naturally you could kind of do a bit more at the weekend so naturally it would kind of be a bigger week's training um, but I wouldn't necessarily do any more during the week so keep that super consistent but if you're not racing on a Sunday then maybe you can get out and do an endurance ride uh, maybe do a mountain bike ride for a couple of hours um, so automatically you're going to get a bit more load from doing a two-hour mountain bike ride compared to a 30-minute cross race so I wouldn't necessarily mark it down as, oh, I'm going to do a really big week's training. I would keep the midweek the same because probably still at school all week. Um, and then at the weekend, just, yeah, go out and enjoy riding your bike for a little bit longer, really. Um, I know people probably try and make the most of half term because they haven't got to go into school. Um, so naturally, you can get a bit of a bigger week. But as I said before, there's no point doing like a, I don't know what a big week would be, but like uh, there's no point doing like a 12 hour week if if then you come the next week and you feel super tired all week and you can't really do any good training sessions and, and you need to take time off and you would have been much better doing two weeks of five hours and, and keeping that consistency really. You've been competing in cyclocross at a high level for a long time. 
How do you see the sport has changed, particularly for young riders? I think the the sport's changed um, a fair bit in my time, but not not too much. Um, I think initially there was quite a big change where it was being made more and more popular for kind of TV and the courses were changing and they were adding features um, that were kind of more man-made as such rather than I think when I started things were a little bit more natural um, with the courses but especially in Belgium they became a bit more kind of yeah kind of fun and yeah kind of little features for the TV really uh, that were a bit gimmicky Um, but I think on the whole the sport is still um, hard and we have a good mix of races still so you will get those kind of inner city kind of funny little um, races but then at the same time we'll still always have the Koppenberg on the on the calendar which is an absolutely brutal kind of all natural course um, so yeah I think things have changed a little bit in terms of like publicity um, it's, a, it's a much bigger sport now in terms of the coverage uh, with like GCN and Eurosport coverage on a lot of the races so people in the UK can watch them all rather than when I was racing in Belgium, everyone had to search out for kind of uh, dodgy links on the, on different websites to try and get hold of like a Belgian feed. Um, but whereas now we we all have access to to kind of watching the biggest races, which I think brings me on to the second point where it's so much easier now for for young young kids to watch the biggest races and and follow their heroes. Um, which yeah, I couldn't really do like yeah growing up watching cross wasn't really a thing we could do like you'd get maybe a little highlights thing that somebody put up on youtube like the wednesday after a race or something um people had kind of videos from belgium where they'd recorded the tv and they got passed around and and watched um so it really was a different time in terms of in terms of watching the sport and keeping up to date with results um whereas now we have all the reports as I say, the live live coverage, etc. So I think it's really inspiring for young kids to to follow along and see how people are racing and see all the skills and and see exactly how it is racing the biggest races in the world. Whereas I only really kind of got a taste of that when I went to Belgium to live and and threw myself in at the deep end, really. So I think it makes things in a way slightly easier for kids um, because you almost know what you're getting yourself into you, you almost yeah. know the courses it's it's really cool um, you can like turn up to a race and be like oh yeah I've watched this one on tv I know where this goes sort of thing um, so yeah we're seeing kind of the kids be like at such a high level and I think it, it's from having their heroes on tv and kind of watching a Sunday afternoon race maybe and being all inspired by it and then getting out on your cross bike afterwards and going to practice those corners like you've just watched on the TV sort of thing. It's kind of exactly what I did as a kid. Um, My dad raced motorbikes and so we'd watch those on the TV and then as soon as the race had finished, I'd be out on my push bike kind of doing skids and (laughs) yeah, kind of emulate your heroes as such. So uh, I think, yeah, it's really good for the the kids nowadays to to be able to see it kind of week in week out yeah definitely how have you enjoyed doing some commentary for GCN it's been really great listening to you doing a commentary over the past few weeks it's been really good um 
yeah, I, I mentioned to Dan Lloyd ages ago that I'd be interested in, in doing some commentary. Um, it was one of those things like you don't really kind of know how it's going to go until you do it almost. Um, but I think, uh, as I said to, to my partner, Jordan, like I sit there and babble away and talk away about, about the races as they're on the TV to her. So uh, I just kind of wanted to yeah kind of do that but just in a studio in London so uh, just try and relax and and kind of give some insights into the races really to to people sat at home that maybe haven't been to those races haven't raced at that level um it's really something that I enjoy talking about cross and it's obviously a massive passion and and love in my life so um yeah it's uh it's nice to be able to move on and, and do something like that and kind of help out a little bit in terms of kind of promoting the sport and and yeah telling people about it really so I've got a few more coming up which I'm really looking forward to and hopefully everyone enjoys it. Thank you so much Ian for chatting to me about your season so far and coaching and how I should train this season. No problem thank you very much for having me again. A huge thanks to Ian for chatting with me again. I really learned a lot from him and it was really great to find out about how his season has been so far. Hope you enjoyed listening. Don't forget to share the podcast with your friends and let me know what you thought of this episode. See you on the bike.